All right, good evening, Grace Point. Welcome in. Father, thank you for your word. I ask that you grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and also in the knowledge of your word. Lord, I pray, I'm asking you humbly, Lord, open the eyes of our heart and open the eyes of our understanding. Let us have insight into your word. Father, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Build faith in us tonight and bless me and give me grace as I teach in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, last week we were talking about the supernatural aspect of the Bible. Anybody that reads the Gospels or the life of Jesus has to acknowledge this. I mean, it's supernatural. And I really do believe that God wants our walk now with Him to be supernatural. If you don't believe it, you're never going to experience it. You're going to live a very earthbound life. God's going to love you. He's going to care for you. I'm sure he's going to do everything that he can uh, in your life. But your life, you will not fulfill your purpose in the kingdom. You will not fulfill your calling without pulling on the resources of heaven, on the resources of the Holy Spirit, on the resources of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished. It's supernatural. And that we were reading about that. But uh, a couple of things in there that I wanted to get at. One thing... I wanted to point out was Jesus, this supernatural life, these guys were not born again. They were natural men. Anything they saw, they saw because Jesus was teaching. And the Bible even says that they didn't understand a lot of what Jesus, like he kept telling them, even in this scripture here, he kept telling them that he was going to die and they didn't understand it. What does he mean he's going to die? And what does he mean he's going to raise from the dead? They didn't get it. Their eyes had not yet been opened. And so they're very natural men, but Jesus is teaching them. And he, but he promises in the Gospel of John, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remind you of everything I've taught you. And he will take of mine and he will show it to you. So they had that promise that all the things they were being taught, the Holy Spirit was going to come and make it real. And you know what? As Christians today, we have that same promise from God that the Holy Spirit will take the things of Jesus, things that belong to us, things that Jesus accomplished for the church, things that God has empowered us with, spiritual things, and he will take of the inheritance of Jesus and reveal it to us so we know the things that we have. And I've taught, I think even in this session, even recently out of 1 Corinthians 2, about how the Spirit reveals everything that that Jesus has provided for us. But these guys were natural in their outlook. Jesus was the supernatural one. But he always told them, because they were encountering the Spirit, he said, don't be afraid. That's something that, as a Christian, you should realize from all the scriptures in the Bible that tells us not to fear and not to be afraid. A Christian should never be afraid. Jesus said, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. If you have placed your life in the hand of Jesus and you've surrendered, I'm not talking if you're walking in willful disobedience, you know, and you're not following the Lord, not not even trying to follow the Lord. Well, maybe you should be afraid. You sleep with someone else's wife. Maybe you should be afraid, (laughs) but to the true follower of Jesus, that you trusting him, I don't mean a perfect person, 
I don't mean you have to be perfect. I just mean you're trusting the Lord and you're following Him. He'll tell you, don't be afraid. I've got you. You've been translated out of Satan's kingdom. You are in my kingdom and you don't have to be afraid. And he, did, he said it over and over again. So I want to remind us of that. So we're going to pick up there uh, where we left off in verse 10. And his disciples asked him saying, why do the scribes say Elijah must come first? And Jesus answered and said, indeed, Elijah is coming first and he will restore all things. But I say to you, Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. And here he goes again. Likewise, the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them about John the Baptist. We can learn something from the way Jesus is teaching here. Okay. Listen to this. He says, Elijah is coming first. So Elijah had not yet come. Right? Right. He hadn't yet come. And he will restore all things. And the book of Acts, I think it's chapter 3, talks about... Let's go there. Elijah's going to come, and he is going to restore all things. We're going to take this a little bit. Chapter 3... Um, I'll just start with verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ, who has been preached to you, whom heaven has received until the time of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of His holy prophets since the world began. You could go on. So the restoration of all things has not happened. And God is going to send Elijah before that happens. So note that. Okay, but then he says, But I say unto you, Elijah has already come. Now what is it? (laughs) Did he come or didn't he? No, he hasn't come. And yet John the Baptist was a type of Elijah. And he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And Elijah always comes with the message of repentance. Elijah was calling the nation of Israel back to God in repentance. John the Baptist, before Jesus came, John the Baptist came and was calling the nation of Israel back to God in repentance. Amen? Well, what does it say in Acts 3? Repent. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And then God will send who? Jesus. John preached repentance and then God sent Jesus. Elijah preached repentance, right? And, and you know, they they, they repented and then they came back and then they left. They came back, they left, they did that. But according to Acts chapter 3, when we repent, God sends Jesus. And the message of Elijah is a message of repentance and that was John's message. So, this is a, something we need to learn. This really is, and we see this a lot in the kingdom of God, and we see this a lot in scriptures. Sometimes there's a dual fulfillment of a prophecy. A dual fulfillment. Example, out of Egypt I have called my son. 
That's out of Hosea. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. Hosea is talking about the nation of Israel, who God is calling his son, being called out of Egypt. That's one fulfillment of that text. But Jesus himself was sent to Egypt when Herod was killing babies, right? Uh, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Egypt, and then God called his son. There's a parallel fulfillment. God called his son out of Egypt. So a lot of times there's a dual fulfillment. And even in the kingdom of God, there is this aspect of the now and the not yet. There are aspects of the kingdom of God that are now and not yet. God has fulfilled it, and he is fulfilling it. And I, I won't go into different uh, ways that's true, but we, and as we go along in, in study, we'll, we'll point those things out sometimes, how the kingdom of God is now, and in some sense, it's not yet also. Some things have been fulfilled, and yet they're going to be fulfilled. Amen? So, so that's... Uh, we can learn that from Elijah. So flip over, just so you have a context for it, to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statues and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What will he do? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with, with a curse. Message of repentance. And get this, he says, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's judgment. We know after Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, that the nation of Israel was judged because they rejected Jesus. Repentance forestalls judgment. Rejection of God, rejection of what God's doing in time brings judgment. That's just the way it is. God is a God of love, but he is a God of judgment. Now, we could say a lot about that. I won't get into that. You know, I'm going to stop right there. Here's what, here's, what I want you to, here's what I want you to get, okay? That many prophecies have dual fulfillment, Okay? And Jesus is the fulfillment of, you know, many, many prophecies in the Old Testament, and they'll have a dual fulfillment. So just understand that and understand that God speaks to us sometimes in the now. Something happens now, but it's also going to be future tense, and you'll see this in the Gospels. We'll just stop right there.